Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. As I mentioned, we are in the middle of a series called Family First. It's one of, the, one of the topics God just put on our heart to make sure that we are preaching on every year and teaching on uh, throughout each year as part of the ministry here. And so week one, we just talked about how God has this plan for family. Last weekend, we talked about how God has this plan for parenting. And so I think it's been some good stuff. I appreciate the good feedback that you all have given us over the last few weeks. And, and I think it's helping people. Yeah been an awesome series so far. Very, I think it's been very beneficial because these are things that a lot of times, um, I mean, I know we hear about how husbands and wives should behave and, and even how we should, you know, rear our kids or train our kids and not raise them. But to know that uh, some of the things that you've shared even about like we don't they don't we don't wait till they're 18 and then we just send them off with with on their own that we make sure that we continually just are impacting them in every way and I think this series has been very revelatory for people I mean I know you can hear these things but when you really hear them in your spirit it changes something in your family mm. and, and I know the reason why we're supposed to teach on it so much is because the enemy is absolutely yeah. anti-family yes. and I'm so ticked off at the devil so we're going to mm. preach what you need to know Amen. That will, um, yeah, so good. Yeah, let you live above all that stuff and not just survive, but you'll thrive in the middle of a culture going crazy. Amen. Amen. I just want you to know the word of God still works. Always. The principles of God still work. Someone say amen. Amen. Even if you've messed them up, get back on track. They will redeem. They will restore. They still work. Look at someone elbow them and say, he's talking to you right now. So here's, here's our title for this morning. It's God's partnering plan. And as you can tell, I have a, a, a friend up here who's going to help me teach this morning. So uh, I, I've said this each week, though, no matter what your family unit looks like, if you're a single parent, if you are uh, unmarried right now, if you have kids or don't have kids, whatever that family dynamic looks like, I want you to glean something from everything that we have said. Because we didn't want it just to be a how-to marriage or how-to family series. Right. We, we have really talked in this series about curses that are in generations yes. that we dealt with. Uh, we've talked about rejection that happens in the family. We, so we dealt with some heavy things. So no matter where you're at, stick with me to the end. Because I want to say something at the end that I, I think is just going to liberate you and, yeah. and help you and set you free. So, uh, so we're going to talk a, a, a lot about the family union as far as husband and wife for a few moments. And, yeah. but, but stick with me here. We're, we're going to hit everybody where they're at. So I, I want to stick a screen a slide on the screen for you guys. And this is what they call the four stages of marriage. Mm -hmm. So they say there are four stages of marriage that you go through. Um, and and you, you might yeah, see people just snapping pictures. Number one is the ideal stage. I mean, that's, that's, some people call that the honeymoon stage or they call it the newlywed stage. That's where everything's alive and exciting and, and passionate. I know you still feel like that about me. Absolutely. Um, but that, that's when, that's when, when it starts at that stage and, does, and, yeah. and that person could do no wrong in your eyes. Have you no. ever had a friend and they start dating somebody and they're just like, oh, they're awesome and they're awesome and they're awesome. And you're like, I know them. They're not that awesome. But in their <laughs> eyes, they really believe they're all that, right? So, so there's this ideal stage. But then they say the ideal stage turns into the ordeal stage. So there were things at first that attracted you. And now those same things that once attracted you, they totally distract you. Yes. They might have been like cute like, oh, how cute. And now it's like, oh, 
That's annoying. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Come on, people. So they said that's when puppy love goes to the dogs, right? Oh, that's an interesting concept. So there's the ordeal stage. Yes. And you don't have to raise your hand and say, I'm the air pastor. You don't have to do that this morning. <laughs> Th then there's the, I want a new deal stage. And, yeah. and I think that's important. And, and all, all marriages go through these. Don't, don't act like, you know, mine's perfect. Um, we all go through these different stages. But, but the I want a new deal stage is where you have to make a decision if you're going to just settle, if you're going to quit, or if you're going to put in the work that it takes to have what God would call um, a, a partnership. Yeah. And I thought this was interesting. Um, by year seven of marriages, 50% of them are going to fail. They say it takes nine to 14 years of marriage to become unselfish. Wow. So we wow. are unselfish. A, yeah, we we passed that. Okay. Um, then they say this, that you experience your greatest happiness in marriage after 35 years. Anybody? I was going to say, how many are here Has anyone made it 35 years? years. Oh, impressive. What a happy bunch you yes, are. Yes, give them a hand. It, That's impressive. Yes, congratulations. But here's yes. the problem. They say that only 20% of marriages get to that point. Only, that, only that's 20 an extremely sad statistic, is it not? You know, we as believers, what we should do is be so intentional about raising that statistic, right? We should be so intentional, like, nope, I'm not going to be the statistic, I, you know, in the 80%. I'm going to be the 20% and we're going to raise it, right? I think if you behave, we're going to make it. <laughs> I think it might be the other way around, but it's all right. <laughs> then there's the refill stage. And, and in the refill stage, that's where yeah. it, it takes 100%. Uh, that's the renewal stage. That's the refuel stage. That's, that's the stage where it, it takes 100% unselfishness. Yeah. Because some people say it's got to be 50-50, and that's absurd. It has to be 100-100. If it's, you know, if it's take and take, it's devastating. If it's... Give take and take, and it's frustrating, mm -hmm. but if it's give and give, it's really, really fulfilling. I love that. And so you will go through these stages, the ideal stage. You know, we've just done some weddings recently, and they're in the ideal stage. But right. maybe you moved out of the ideal stage. You're like, I'm in the ordeal stage. I don't like this stage. Um, maybe you're at the I want a new deal stage. But make sure you get and stay in the refill stage. Amen. And, Amen. and so what, what we want to share with you today uh, is having a strong partnership um, between the husband and wife is, is not a one-time event. It's, a, it's an ongoing project. It's an ongoing process. It's a lifetime. It's a lifetime process. It's a lot of work. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nobody I know told in me the that. Not, not that like, I'm against the work. I'm just saying I didn't know that. That's just my No, work. he really didn't. It was really interesting how he didn't. <laughs> um, but he's learned. And, and um, yeah, yeah, that's... So let's read from let's Ephesians read, chapter 5. Let's read five. the word. <laughs> so I want to read you a few verses here. And, and this is, there's a few verses, so just stick with me through this, and, and it'll be on the screen. So the Bible says this, and I want you to get this first phrase, because sometimes when there's several verses together, sometimes we glass over them. But, but I want you to see here, uh, as believers, why this is so important to us. Right, Out of your reverence for Christ... I mean, when you became a believer, it's all about Christ. It's all about his word. It's all about True. his principles. Yes. I don't have a right to stay mad at you. I don't have a right to stay selfish because it's out of <laughs> reverence for Christ that we're supportive. I'm trying to read some word here. Um, that we're supportive 
that we are supportive of each other in love. For wives, <clears throat> this means that you're devoted to your husbands like you're tenderly devoted to the Lord. Amen. For the husband provides leadership to his wife, just like Christ provides leadership to the church. Mm. As the savior and the reviver of the body. In the same way the church is devoted to Christ. Wives, make sure you're devoted to your husbands in everything. You get that? Everything. And to the husbands. You're still here. <laughs> and to the husbands. You're supposed to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us. His bride. He died for us. He sacrificed himself to make us holy and pure. He cleanses us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. You know what that means? Mm. Husbands, you, 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 you wash your wives with the words that you say. Yes. You encourage so your wives with the words that you say. All that he does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him. We're glorious. We're radiant. We're beautiful. We're holy. We're without fault or flaw. Husbands, you have the same obligation to love and care for your wives, just like uh, uh, the same way they love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is actually to love yourself. No one abuses his own body, but he pampers it. So we're supposed to pamper our wives. I, didn't, I just noticed that word. I didn't see that earlier. Um, but we're supposed to serve I and like that. satisfy um, its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for the church. He serves. He satisfies us as members of his body. Now look at the rest of this. For this reason, a man should leave his father and his mother and lovingly hold, everyone say hold, hold. to his wife since the two have become joined as one flesh. So marriage is a beautiful design of the Almighty, a great mystery of Christ and his church. So every married man should be gracious to his wife just yes. as he's gracious to himself and every wife should be tenderly devoted to her husband. Amen. You know, there's some, some words in there in the scripture, uh, a lot of ING words. Those are verbs. Those are things that bring action. And I thought that was very interesting when we were reading that scripture. There's a lot of action in that scripture for both the husband and the wife to be doing. And mainly for the, the husband to be leading in that way and guiding in that way. So I thought that was really good. And really the part about pampering, that stood out to me too. So now I can say, will you pamper me because it's in the word, right? I have justification. Thank you. I see those hands. So God's plan for marriage, his design for marriages was this one word is partnership. Yes, partnership. And I would define marriage partnership this yeah. way. Two people united together to share life. Yeah. God unites two people together and they're to share this track of life or this Absolutely. path of life or this yes. plan of life. Yeah. Because um, God knows this, that uh, we make each other better. Right. And so God knew that we needed each other and we make each other better. So how have we made each other better? Well, I know you have really helped me in so many ways of just... Um, because I'm an in-the-moment kind of person, so I want to take up every moment, but I know there are things that have to get done. So he's actually really, really helped me just to kind of see things outside of just my view right here, to be able to see things ahead better and to see things that need, you know, maybe accomplished or done in ways that, you know, I didn't 
think of that. So I felt like that was a very beneficial thing for me in you teaching me those kind of things because I am an in-the-moment kind of person. But that's a good thing because you've so. taught me to be in the moment. Y'all, I got, sometimes I, I'm like, I'll get in the car. I'm already at the, at the location. Anyone else like that? I get to the location. I'm already thinking about getting out in the store. And then yeah. I'm already thinking about what time we got to get home, where we got to stop, yeah. what we got to do. And it gets, woo, anyone yeah. think like that? And as he matures, it gets faster. What? As you mature, it gets faster. Yeah, yeah. So she's helped me to slow down and be in the moment so yeah. I don't miss things. Yeah, you don't want to miss. I mean, every moment is a gift, right? Every moment, even if it's something you're, you're going through, that's a gift of just telling you how much God truly loves you and he's right there beside you. Instead of looking at it as the negative, we can even together remind one another that in that moment, even in the bad, God is still good and his word is still true, right? Amen? So every moment is a gift, regardless of what the enemy tries to tell us, regardless of what we may be going through, that's a gift because he's going to turn it. He's going to turn that moment and it's actually going to be a moment where we can glorify him for getting us through that moment of maybe trauma or tragedy or heartbreak. So... And so we really need each other. We have to have each other. It's so important. And, you know, I wanted to say this a few minutes ago. Um, you've all heard me say this, that God is always saying something. He always has something to say, but we always have something we need to hear. Mm -hmm. So whether you're married, whether it's friendships, whether you're single, these, this message is not just for married people. It's for relational people. It's us as relational human beings that God created us to be in that relationship even with him. So he, he's always speaking something, so we always have something we need to hear, but we are so much better together. And, and I think we can prove from scriptures that us guys really need you women. I agree. Uh, and so I came across this. This is um, the top five reasons that God created Eve for <laughs> Adam. Number five. God knew Adam would frequently get lost in the garden and he would never ask for directions. How true is that, ladies? Number four, God knew Adam would never remember what night the garbage had to be taken to the curb. We are great reminders. Number three, God knew if the world was going to be populated like he commanded, Adam would never be able to handle the pain and discomfort of childbirth. Number two, God knew Adam would never go and buy himself a new fig leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Number one reason God created Eve was um, after God create, created Adam, he stepped back and he said, I think I can do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's read from Genesis. This is chapter two. This is, this is a passage of scripture from the beginning that the book of Ephesians was actually referencing the passage right. we just read. This is, this is Genesis chapter two. Yeah, let's read the word this morning. Then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. Obviously, we know that. I will make a helper for him who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed the ground, all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from, a, from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed. 
This is one that is from bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. This is an amazing passage of scripture because... There's a few things that always stand out to me in this passage. First of all, this is before sin entered the world. And every day God walked with Adam and he talked with Adam. There was Mm -hmm. unbroken fellowship. There was no sin at this time. And God had given Adam a a purpose, an assignment. But yet God realized that Adam needed what the Bible calls a helper. It's another word for partner. It means someone that comes to his aid. Someone just perfect for For him. him. And you've said this before, there are no perfect marriages, but no. they're... We're perfect for each other. We're perfect for, for yeah. each other. And so God knew, even in the midst of this, that Adam was going to need a partner. And, and we see from the very beginning that God made Adam and Eve. He made male and he made female. I just want to show, God didn't make a mistake with that. He didn't have a third category. He said Adam and Eve, and he made them to be in this partnership. Right. So true. And, and, and I love Adam's reaction. He said, now this, this, this is what I'm talking about. At last. That's my interpretation. But Adam was like, at last. I mean, all you gave <laughs> give me so far is like some donkeys and some cows and some dogs. But yeah. at last, now this is what I'm they talking about. What's that? And they were smelly. They were smelly, yeah. Um, so, so God created this, this amazing partnership. Yeah. And so what we want to it do just for, for the next few moments is give you some points. Yeah. Because out of this verse, and this is, this is from the very beginning of the Bible, this is God's design, and there are, there are three things or three requirements. If we as married people, if we as partners continue to do these three things ongoing, I believe that you're going to have a, a family first marriage. So number one, first light point is, is leaving. Everyone say leaving. Leaving. We see in here, the Bible says, this is the reason that you leave your father and mother. So there's this, there's this leaving that happens. And, and the word leave here really means that you cut the strings mm-hmm. uh, to everything. Uh, let's say it this way. You cut, the pa- you cut the strings to your past. You cut the strings to past places, past people, purposes. past purposes, past attitudes, past experiences, and you begin to cut the strings to everything that may have been so important to you individually. Yeah. Now, I don't want to give you the impression that it means you lose your individuality. It just means you, you are no longer just about you. Right. You are no longer just about your past places, people, purposes, plans, right. etc. You have to consider your partner. Yes. There has to be things that you think about them first. As opposed to the things that you always thought about yourself before. Right. So there, there is this, everyone say leaving again. Leaving. Because um, in essence, how many know we can be selfish at times? We can be selfish. We can make it all about us, what yeah. we want, what we think, yeah. what we're going to do. And we come in and we get married and we have a clash of purposes. We can have a clash of plans. That's and good. so what that literally means is we, we, we spend uh, the process of our marriages, the process of our relationship. Guess what? Leaving. leaving, putting leaving. those things aside. Yeah, and, and really the difference between the way God looks at things and the way that culture looks at things as a marriage partnership to God is a covenant. That's right. Uh, marriage in our culture is a, it's more of a contract. contract. Here's how a contract works. Um, if you do your part and I do my part, it works. 
Um, a contract says, uh, if you don't do that, I'm going to break the contract. Uh, a yeah. contract says, if I'm not happy with that, I'm going to get out of a contract. But God, uh, his, his purpose is what we call covenant. Here's yeah. why I stick that example in here. Because yeah. covenant literally means to cut. So to God, this is what it means to cut, or the best way I can explain it to you is it means the death of two wills. Mm. So when you come into a marriage, <clears throat> you bring your purposes, you bring your wills, and guess what? They bring theirs, right. but, but now it becomes the death of two wills. wills. When I said marriage is work, part of the work is death to your will. Yeah, eliminating those things that were once your main focus. So that it changes the perspective. Right. How many married people have ever experienced the pain of the death of your will? Four people. The rest of you. Y'all got it figured out, right? It, it really is. the Because the, the, sometimes uh, we can be a little... Um, well, depending on our personalities. Too. Strong-willed. Ah. Strong-willed. Hey, here's, here's a good picture. When you come into a marriage, you, you bring some stuff with you. You bring your suitcases, or we'll call that, guess what, your bags. Mm -hmm. You bring baggage into marriage, so you bring your yesterday with you. You bring yeah. all of your past failures, mistakes, purposes, plans, attitudes, beliefs. You bring all that with you, and a marriage becomes, guess what, the unpacking of those bags. Yes. And some of that is, is easy. Some of that is fun, and then some of that is challenging. challenging. Yes. Because here's why. Because we all can be... Um, Strong-willed. Yeah. You know, e even your baggage, like everything that you're bringing in, it may not fit. If you kind of think that way, it may not fit. Because you had baggage, I had baggage, and it may not fit in the area that was provided. So we have to eliminate some of the things that we brought with us. And that, if that doesn't line up with what God says about partnership, those are the things that we unpack and we toss out. Yeah. So uh, we, we both said this, that we're... Um, pretty strong-willed. Anyone yeah. kind of strong-willed in your marriage? <laughs> I do see some hands. You are not a very honest bunch today. Just <laughs> but we can be very strong-willed. Strong-willed. So, we, we both are very strong-willed. Yeah, so what, was, what were some of the bags that, that um, let's just put them out there. What well, are some of the bags that, 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 that we brought in? Um, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, you go first. You first. Okay, so I, um, my wife... Um, how can I say this, has quite the independent spirit. Had. My wife had. Had. Yes, ma'am. Uh, quite, <laughs> quite the independent spirit. Now, there, there was a reason. Remember you wash over me. So there was, there, was, there, was, there was a reason for that. The way she grew up was in a, uh, a very um, dysfunctional setting. And uh, she had to fend for herself. She had to, in many ways. She had to take care of herself. Uh, her dad took off and left and rejected the family, and so it created this: I got to take care of myself. Yeah, mentality. Um, yeah, yeah, mentality, attitude, um, perspective. Right. So then you bring that with you. How <laughs> many know when you got married? Like all that stuff didn't disappear. It wasn't like, oh, we're married now. I'm no longer independent. She's like, I'm married and I'm independent. Is how that was working at first. It did, it, and it didn't work well. Now, but you've gotten so much better, but every once in a while, Thank you. You, <laughs> every once in a while, um, it, 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 rises it, it its shows ugly up. And head. so we have it some does. challenges in, we have some challenges in that there. area. So we're just yeah. being honest with you about some of the, the bags we brought in. Cause remember this whole leaving thing. Yeah. So one thing she had to learn to leave was guess what? That, that independent, in, spirit independent spirit and become like dependent on God and, and the, in the covenant part of it. And that, 
that was a very challenging time and still can be a very challenging time, especially when the devil tries to remind you of things, you know, like you have to take care of yourself. So, um, you know, even realizing how much I really truly need him as my partner, because there are things that, you know, he's stronger in and that I'm weak in and that I'm stronger in and that he's weak in. So it is something where you have to unpack that so that God has the opportunity to continue to fuse that covenant together. Um, you have some areas too, you know, like... Um, we're just going to move on to point two though. We're not going to really go into no, that. No, so we're not going on to point two. We're going to make known some things that you dealt with too, because I, I think... I think the thing of it, a lot of us that a lot of them that know us know some most of this stuff, and some that don't. But um, you know, we're not perfect. Um, but we've really put a lot of intention in these things because these are important. This is what God's word said, and it's important to us what God's word God's word says about marriages and partnership. And um, Aaron is very intentional. He's extremely intentional and disciplined, and and he's very strategic and visionary. And so, like he, the very thing I was saying earlier, so even in this kind of stuff, there were challenges that we had in the beginning because Aaron grew up in a totally different atmosphere than I did. And he, it was an amazing atmosphere, and he has amazing parents. But, you know, he, he knew he had that security, and there would be challenges in our marriage at first of the fact of he would always go to his parents for wisdom. And, and understanding for those kind of things. So in the beginning, uh, we kind of had that challenge of that, that leaving part where uh, maybe he would kind of seek his parents kind of over me, not because of anything with them, but just because that's how he, you know, how he grew up. He had that security, he had that safety. And I don't know if any of you have dealt with any of that in the beginning, but, you know, so I guess that kind of helped my, my independent spirit too, just to kind of remain a little longer because... It was, it was a challenge for us, and it had nothing to do with, like, your family, because your family is amazing. It's nothing like that. It was more about the fact of the way that you thought and the way that right. you... Right. It was... I mean, we, we still um, value their wisdom and opinion. Oh, always. Um, we will always Yeah, I just remember wisdom. one time, uh, I don't even remember what it was now, but dealing with something, and came home, and I was like, yeah, I asked my parents, blah, 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 and, and she's like, oh. oh. I'm like, what do you mean, Oh. <laughs> It, it, was, it was just the idea that, oh, you never told me that. So it took me a yeah. little, little bit of time to learn that, that um, you have to just bring, and those are just two examples. And, and those are baggage. That. That's real. That was real yes, baggage. Yes, like yes. That is stuff that I think people deal with that sometimes we don't face those things because we try to just be nice and kind. Mm -hmm. and, and being nice and kind is one thing, but being real and honest and dealing with those things actually gives you freedom and liberty. Mm -hmm. And when you do it in love in the right way, oh my gosh, it's an amazing thing because you realize these are the things that we really have to work on and these are things that we have to be intentional about right and so so leaving is part of the process yeah uh, let's let's read you another scripture this is the message bible listen to how matthew chapter 9 reads and the bible says jesus answered and said um haven't you read in your bible i love that i, I, I think that would be god's answer to a lot of things absolutely haven't you read That's in your so bible true. <laughs> haven't you read it in the word yeah, we go to God, we're complaining. I think God's like, <clears throat> haven't you read in your Bible? Mm. Anyway, that stuck out to that me. Haven't you read in your Bible that the creator originally made man and woman for Each other. one another? Mm -hmm. And he made them male and he made them female. Because of this, a man leaves father, his father and mother and is firmly bonded to his wife. And they become what? One flesh. They are no longer two, but they're... One, because God created this organic union of these two sexes, no one should desecrate his art by cutting them apart. Right. So 
Um, leaving and, and, and two, the original word here is, is not held together, but it means held together, and it's the word cleaving. Cleaving. Yes. Everyone say cleaving. Cleaving. Um, you can use that word this week if you want to and sound fancy, but, <laughs> but, but it literally means that we, we leave Leave and we cleave. These are, these are three practices that we need to keep doing, not just at first, but ongoing in, in our marriages. And so what in the world does the word cleave mean? Okay. The word cleaving, cleaving or cleave means for permanence. That means to remain unchanged indefinitely, like something that is not changed. It's a permanent type of thing. So when you cleave, it means that there is an indefinite part of being unchanged. And so it, it literally means like it's bonded, bonded together, together it's brought together, together, sealed together. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's weird, but this is actually where the word super glue comes yeah. from. It means God super glues us together. How many have ever super glued something together and then you try to pull it apart? That's why it never comes apart easy. There's destruction. Yeah. So when we tear apart what God p- puts together, that's why it's so destructive. So like, have you ever done that with your fingers? Like got super glue on your fingers and tried to pull it apart and how it hurts? Has anybody ever done that and actually pulled the skin off? I have. Every time it I hurts. use super glue, I'm like, I'm not going to do it this time. I know, but that's a Every great time, analogy. Last time I put gloves on. Yeah. I did fine. I took the gloves off and I had it stuck to my hand. So hands. it happens to me yeah. every time. But it's a great analogy of what God is calling as a partnership to be. Something that is brought together, not torn apart because there could be damage. Right. So there's so. this idea of leaving yes. and now cleaving leaving. to your partner. Now, I don't have a screen. I didn't make a screen for this. But there are these few areas that we're supposed to cleave, cleave in. There's just, a, yes. there's just a few of these. Um, yep. You can write these down. Uh, this is how you cleave. Ready? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you cleave, uh, we'll, we'll just call it um, intellectually. What that means is you focusing on purposes, you focusing on plans, you focusing on pursuits. Mm-hmm. So um, the things you think about, that's one way that you cleave or one way that you bond together. Yeah. So we bond together. Uh, I, I, maybe a better word is our focuses get bonded together. We, our we, we, yeah, our purposes get bonded get together. Yeah. So listen to this. When, when you, you come into a partnership, it's no longer about your purpose now. It's about your shared purpose. Right. And whether you know this or not, if your marriage is designed by God, then your marriage has kingdom purposes to it. Absolutely. You're no longer just right. uh, you're no longer just a lawyer. You're no longer just people to live on such and such streets. You're no longer just you know um, Jack and Diane. You are you are now uh, uh, you have a <laughs> growing up in the heartland. You know a little um, ditty. Yeah, I'll just tell you a little ditty about Jack and Diane. Anyways, what was I saying? Oh, so you're sharing these sharing purposes, your purposes together. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, how how about this? That's really good to think about. Like, just because your husband's one thing and your wife is something else, there's still kingdom purpose in that partnership. There is still something that there's reasons why you are what, doing what you're doing, and it's still a partnership. Like, ours would have been, to me, ministry, right? That's an area where we had to come together intellectually and realize that our plan and our purpose was doing ministry together and and achieving those things according to God's will um, and making sure. And that didn't always happen like from the very beginning. So that was something like we kind of had to, what was that statistic? Nine to 14 years, you become unselfish. Mm -hmm. So we hit it about 15, I think, right? Like actually coming to that, like, I know that sounds really bad, but like, we were always, I was always like on board with everything, but actually doing it as a partnership was something that 
I had to learn even because of my upbringing, mm. as opposed to some of the things that you had already had knowledge of too. So ministry was a purpose and a plan that when we started actually intellectually in oneness, it started thriving in ways that we didn't even, re- even realize until that point. Mm. Uh, another area is the emotional things. Yeah. And I, I know I asked you about this one because this is not my specialty, but um, how, how, how do you bond in the emotional area? And the emotional area is very important for communication needs, the areas of uh, really getting and understanding. And one of the biggest things, um, I, I love communication because I love to get a resolve. I don't like to leave anything unresolved. I don't like to leave an argument unresolved. I don't like to leave anything that I do unresolved because I got to have an answer. Are there any why people out there? Like you got, you want to know why, right? I want to resolve. I want to know like, okay, this is it. It's either black or white. Like there's no gray areas with things. And um, the older I get or the more mature that I get, I realize even in our marriage and communicating and realizing we, we may not agree on everything, but we can come to a resolve on something. And we can realize and appreciate our differences. Because I think sometimes as married couples, we think that we have to be like uh, so totally alike that we don't have differences. That you have differences for reasons. You have differences to be able to appreciate the difference about us as individuals so we can work together as a whole. But you don't know that if you don't communicate about talking about it. Like a lot of times we'll just let things go and we'll just assume or have expectations. Then when they're unmet, those kind of things happen in ways like you begin to build resentment. But you've got to communicate about those things. And it's worth communicating the hard things. It really truly is. Because then if you have a resolve, you know exactly where you stand. Here's how communication happens at our house. Let's go let you in on this. So we have this, <laughs> we have this big... Um, leather comfortable couch and we'll sit down and she's like I want to watch some YouTube shorts and y'all know what those are but you gotta you, you know you gotta keep hitting the next button so she's like <laughs> if you don't okay, hit the I'm next button say this it, before you like it say plays that. over and over and uh-huh. over and yeah, over yeah. and over and over and so finally I'll try to take the remote just to hit the next button and she's like I'm watching this so she's asleep for asleep. two hours, and I'm sitting there on the couch, couch and then I'm like, we have to go to bed. It's like two o'clock in the morning, so we'll go upstairs, go to bed, and I'm like this, and she's like, let's talk. Let's <laughs> not all the time. I'm just saying, pick your moments, right? <laughs> uh, not all the time. I can't help it. Our couch is just amazing. It falls asleep. Here's another area. Maybe uh, we should communicate like shorts. We need counseling. Anyone? Uh, <laughs> Okay, let's keep moving here. Okay, so let's I, keep moving. obviously a couple of other yeah. areas that, that build and bond and cleave. Um, it's not just emotional. It's mm-hmm. just not but mentally. It, it's mm-hmm. physical, which can be right. uh, sexual intimacy or it yeah. can be non-sexual touch. touch. Absolutely. That's a very important part, like especially for me because I'm a very affectionate person. And, and, and most of the people that are part of our family understand that about me and understand that you're not as affectionate. That doesn't mean you aren't affectionate. It just means that um, I need sometimes non-sexual touch and you need sexual touch. (laughs) Yes, you're allowed to talk about this stuff in church. Remember we talked about Adam and Eve? Yeah. All right. Anyway. So anyway, that's very important. Both sides are very important. And that, that creates oneness. And the last thing would be in the uh, yes, spiritual, spiritual area. That's a very important We find a lot of couples struggle in, in the spiritual Absolutely. area. And so if you're going to bond, how would you continue to cleave spiritually? 
I think really just like praying together, communicating together, just having, you know, it's important you have spiritual discussions, especially if you have kids. It's important that they see you praying together. You are the only representation in your home of that spiritual presence. And it's so important. And, and I'll be honest with you, Aaron and I, like in the beginning, like um, praying together was uncomfortable, wasn't it? Like that's not like something that's odd. Sometimes you, it takes doing something over and over and over again. And uh, there is a vulnerability in praying and there is a vulnerability in your spiritual discussions, but it's so important that you pray together. And it doesn't have to be like this lengthy two-hour prayer, even though I could actually do a two-hour prayer probably, but um, it has to be, it has to be something that you do together, and it might seem very awkward at first, but see, that's part of communication too. That helps open up those doors of having that oneness, and you realize, I mean, I had such a revelation of realizing through all of these things, even in studying with you and, and, and talking about this, that, you know, I really needed him, and he really needs me, and it kind of hits you, and it hits you hard in a relationship when you realize, wow, I, I'm, I'm extremely vulnerable to this person because I really, truly need him, and on a spiritual aspect especially. And so I think that is one thing that we have to be very open and realize that oneness needs to come on a spiritual aspect of having those spiritual discussions and prayer. Yeah, I want to challenge all the guys before we get to the last point here is in the spiritual area. Um, I've figured out here's the way that you learn to lead and guide and pray with your wife. You ready? You just do it. You just do it. We're mm -hmm. called to lead. You don't have That's to have good. a, you know, a massive, long theological prayer, but we're just called to do it. We're called to do it. And as the wife, I think she doesn't expect you to have this everything together. It, it, when you pray from your heart, it means so much to her. Is that right, ladies? That when you have that time together and you just pray from his heart and you realize what his heart is speaking, that changes the game. It really, truly does. All right, so we have leaving, we have cleaving, and here's the last one. Weaving. Weaving. And that may sound a little odd to you, but we're always leaving. We're, we're always, always cleaving, cleaving. And then we're always weaving together. Yeah. Cleaving together is just sticking together, but we have to, we have to weave our lives together. Right. We have to move forward. And, and, and weaving, it just means that you intertwine something. Mm -hmm. And I, I want you to read a, a, a really important scripture from Absolutely. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. And we'll, we'll begin to, to get uh, sure. to what God wants us to end with here. Sure. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so the, the, this scripture tells us the importance of a threefold three mm -hmm. cord. Yeah. And the importance of a threefold cord is you, Jesus, and your partner. Yeah. And the Bible says there's strength when Jesus is part of that, Absolutely. that threefold cord. Yeah. First of all, we've learned this, that you always have somebody to stand you back up. Because the Bible says there are going to be times we stumble and we fall, and the Bible is very clear that we keep no record of wrongs. Right. And so let me just use a word that you need to use in your relationship here. Mm -hmm. It's the word grace. Yes. 
We so need true. to grace each other. We need, and grace is empowering, but it's good to know that there's always someone that, that, that your spouse has restorative power. Right. There have been times I've flubbed up and you, you've graced me and you've, you've brought restoration back and you didn't hold it against me. And that's, that, that's a partnership. That is a partnership. That is, that's important too to know about the grace part. Um, we have a, we have a tendency to have grace outside for everybody and anybody. But what about your partner? Like that's the one that's the closest to you. So that grace is so important to be able to be extended in that way too, and know that you have that support. You always have love. someone to stand you back up. And that's right. You always have one someone to stand with you. Yeah. And something Pastor Diane's always done a great job at it. Just just keep connected here with us for a, a few moments is is that she's always been really really supportive of all of my crazy adventures <laughs> sometimes those crazy adventures um sent me to a hospital yeah um sometimes many, those crazy many. adventures sent me across the world, the world yeah on ministry trips sometimes those one time that crazy adventure brought us from ohio Back, back to home. West Virginia, and yeah. she's always been supportive. When the kids were little, she was there with them. She was just so good at being um, supportive, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. I'm your helper, right? That's right. That's we're right. one. Um, also, I would just say in, in the regards of you, you've always been someone, and I've needed this because of just my upbringing and, and needing somebody to be for me is like my defender. Somebody who's going to defend for me. Somebody who's going to fight for me. Somebody that's going to stand up for me. And Aaron has always been so amazing in this area, especially with the way that I grew up and, and some controversy that I had with my father because that wasn't a good relationship. And a lot of you that know me know that. Um, I won't go into any detail there, but just in the fact that there was a time where um, there was a phone call. And um, it wasn't such a pleasant phone call, was it? And it was one with my dad. Yeah, from my dad. And um, Aaron just kind of, he just, he, he grabbed the phone and he defended me. And that was a game changer for me because that's what my dad should have done in many instances and he didn't. And so God so graciously allowed this partnership to show me that I've got a, a defender in Jesus first and foremost, obviously, but one that's going to defend me and be there for me and stand there for me and lift me back up and, and bring restorative power to me. So that was one that you've been so gracious and I thank you for that. And I love you for it. You know, that scripture says that there's strength in a threefold cord. But I know this this morning that, that there may be some of you that that threefold cord is maybe missing a strand. And what I mean by that is uh, maybe you are a single parent. Maybe you went through a tough divorce. Maybe you're unmarried right now. And I think sometimes you might hear a message like this or hear some teachings like this. And somehow, some way, this little voice says you are less of a person or your purposes aren't as essential. Right. Or you, um, maybe there's a second rate plan. And I want you to know that um, that's absolutely untrue. And the reason why I wanted to show you this is because this long strand is the Jesus strand. Amen. And if it's just you and Jesus right now, 
or maybe there's been loss in your life or something and it's just you and Jesus, I just want you to know the, the, the most important part of that strand is absolutely intact in your life. That's the part that really makes the strand the strongest and makes it work. Yeah. If, that, if that is not a part of your life, whether that's uh, uh, something you're secure in or not right now, I just want you to get the revelation. I was thinking this the other day that you still have the perfect strand. Amen. Amen. And whatever it is that that uh, you think that um, someone else would provide, if you allow Christ, He will continue to be all that and and then some in, in your life. Yeah. And and you keep that that strand and you keep that connection and you keep that tie and you are no less of you yeah. have no less purposes you have no less plans you have no less future you have right. no less directions right. uh, because you have you are still connected to that strand yes and that intimacy amen that intimacy with Jesus first is actually the intimacy that you can carry in to your partnership with your spouse when you actually have that understanding of that intimacy with Christ, that he's first and foremost, and he will always be there, and he's the strongest cord that's in your relationships. That is something that carries over into your other relationships, uh, well, even with friendships, even with uh, just normal relationships, knowing that Christ is the first part of that allows you to be able to be a better partner. It allows you to be able to know that you do have that regardless of a person, you have that in Jesus. And so I think that was one thing that just really had hit me even when we were studying this out is the fact that, you know, Jesus always has to come first. But then when he comes first, he brings all those things that you need and adds those to your life. And I think that intimacy there, realizing the strongness and the cord that he is first. And, and we really felt like this is how we're supposed to end this yeah. service just for... The next couple of moments here can we all stand as we close out and and I know we said a lot today I hope you got something good out of that today I hope that um, you you have some and the Bible says this that we're supposed to not just hear things but we're supposed to be what doers so I want to challenge everyone to go home and do what we're saying in in this series and, and from this series but here's how we felt like we were supposed to end just these next few moments here and and, and we'll we'll close our, our morning together is Pastor Mitch is just going to lead us in worship and I'm just going to remind you of what I said when I walked up here earlier that what God wants to do is renew some purposes unleash some plans heal some problems and ignite partnerships and we envisioned the ending of this this experience to go this way we would love to just lay hands on you and pray for you. Now, we can't spend a lot of time with everyone because of the size of the crowd, but during this worship time, we would just love, and this is, this is, this is how I saw it happening, but there's just a family-first anointing. And the Bible said the anointing is transferred. We, we're, we just want to lay hands on you, whether you're a married couple, whether, whether you are a single person, and, and, and maybe you're saying, you know, I've just been challenged in this area, and and. I just need God to touch me. Maybe you're a couple and you're going through a rough time. And you, you just say, we, we just need a touch from God. I'm not talking about a counseling session. I'm not just a, a touch from God about purposes, plans. And I do believe that God could heal something in a moment here. Amen. 
with you yes. and with us this morning. Yes. Can we give God like a few more minutes this morning? And so as, he, as Pastor Mitch starts worshiping, you just worship with him. But if you're standing here and say, you know what? I know that I'm supposed to go up there and get prayed for. That may not be everybody, and that's okay. But we, we feel this morning there's something that we're just supposed to deposit into you. And if that resonates in your heart, I'm just going to encourage you to step out from where you're at. Make your way up here. We're just going to lay hands on you. We're, we're, we're going to say a general prayer. We're going to lay hands on you. And you just believe that you receive um, whatever it is that God needs to do in your life. Yeah. Because we see from the beginning, it is family first. God created us so he would have a family. That's right.